8 in your Bibles. Deuteronomy chapter number 8. God is going to speak to us today. How many of you ready for the word of the Lord today? I am excited. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy chapter 8, and I'm going to begin reading in verse number 1. When you arrive there, you can say amen. amen. Every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land of which the Lord swore to his fathers. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to test you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Your garments did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these 40 years. You should know in your heart that as a man chastened his son, so the Lord your God chastens you. Therefore, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks, of waters, of fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey. A land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing. A land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. When you have eaten and are full, you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes, which I command you today. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for the word of the Lord today. Lord, I feel like Jeremiah, Lord, I have a word that is on fire in my bones today, Lord. Father, I pray that that will be tempered with the Holy Ghost, that when I speak today, Lord, I will speak, Lord, and sync with the Holy Spirit. Lord God, you know where every person is. I pray that a rhema word, a word of revelation, Lord God, will enter the heart of all who is thirsty this morning. I pray they will get a word from you, Lord God, and forever be changed and transformed by the power of your grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated in the Lord's presence. Hallelujah. This is a time of year when I typically will preach a sermon uh, that will kind of prepare us for the new year, kind of like the next level. Uh, one of the things that I have discovered about God is, and I believe that he has really crafted the times and seasons in such a way that it sparks a new beginning. How many of you are ready for a new beginning? Uh, the title of my sermon today is The Process. Everybody say The Process. process. I want to talk to you about the process because many of us have experienced some, experienced some things this year 
you've gone through some things and you haven't been able quite to figure it all out. How many of you have gone through a few things that you got, still even got some questions about? How many know that there's a process in which, that which God takes us through? And we must understand this, everybody say process. I want this to really get down into your spirit because if you can learn to embrace the process and understand the process, how many know you can walk into your future with confidence? Because how many know that there's a lot of folks, listen, there's a lot of folks that want success, but they don't want to go through the process. Are y'all tracking with me? See, I can't be a lawyer unless I go to what? Law school. There's a process to do that, right? I can't be a doctor. I can try to be a You don't want me working on you. I can I promise you that. But I can't be a doctor unless I go to what? To medical school. How many know that there is a process that you have to go through in order to achieve the thing that you want to do? Uh, I, was, I was thinking about this when I, when I began this, uh, begin really just praying over this sermon. But for some of you who don't know, uh, I've been on kind of this health kick now for a couple of years. And uh, how many of you just wish that you can eat all the barbecue chicken you want, all the ribs you want, all the cake you want, and don't have to worry about getting a pound, amen, gaining one pound? Uh, you know, I was eating Brother Matthew's macaroni and cheese. How many ate Brother Matt's macaroni? I mean, I mean I, if it was up to me, I could have ate the whole dish. But how many know if I want to be healthy and I want to live a healthy life, I have, to, I have to go through this process called control. Everybody say control. And so everybody want to look good. Everybody want to look good. You want to, but how many know that in order to do that, there's a process you had to go through. I had to go through a process. I had to eat better, all right? I had to, I had to turn my head sometimes. I had to exercise. I, I, I hate running. So now I find myself running now three and four times a week. Can you believe that? I mean, it's amazing, but here's what happened. I knew that if I was going to get healthy, I needed to go through a process of change. And how many know that things just don't happen? They just don't happen. We have to position ourselves for things to happen. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so oftentimes in our life, we want God to move. And God does move. God is at work in your life. I know right now you may be thinking, Pastor, I don't know if God is in this. I am here to tell you by the Holy Ghost, God is in it. Whatever you are going through right now, I want you to understand that God is in it. How many of you believe that God is in full control? He is in full control. So whatever you are experiencing this morning, I don't care what you're going through, God is in it. If you will stay faithful through the process, everybody say the process. If you can stay faithful, even though the process, how many know sometimes the process gets a little messy? Sometimes the process, sometimes we don't like the process that God put us through. But how many know that God is after someone? God pushed you through a process. How many know that he is after something? And, and I know right now, I know in my soul this morning that the things that I'm going through, even though I may not have all the answers, I know that God is taking me somewhere. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You are not just sitting duck. You are not just existing. You're on the move. Look at your neighbor and tell him I'm on the move. You need to know this morning that you're on the move. I'm reminded of what Jesus said. You know, when Jesus was in the boat and he told the disciples, he said, hey, let's go over to the other side. But then as they're traveling, you know, over to the other side, uh, you know, the, the winds came and the boat began to kind of rock this way. And, 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 it is, and Jesus, while the water was getting into the boat, Jesus was lying there asleep. Y'all remember this story? 
And then they woke him up. They said, shook him. They said, Jesus. I like the King James Version. Carry thou not that we perish? Jesus was laying in the boat. Jesus was asleep. And Jesus woke up, and it is, it is as if he said, didn't I not tell you that you're going to get over to the other side? What's wrong with you? You're going to go. Look at the neighbor. Say, you're going to go to the other side. Now, understand that sometimes your water going to get in your boat. Come on, somebody. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you're going to get wet. Sometimes it's going to be hard, but God said you're going to make it to the other side. And you got to believe that. So instead of, watch this, church. So one of the things I've learned with God, because I've been doing this for a little while, is instead of just kind of existing and going through life and just trying to think, okay, I'm trying to survive, I'm trying to survive, here's something we need to do. Just every now and then stop and say, Lord, what are you trying to teach me in all of this? Can I say something? God is a teacher. God is always teaching. How many know that your life is not an accident? God is teaching, even at this very moment, even what you're experiencing right now and what you have experienced in 2015, if you go back and look and you think about it and say, God, what was that you were trying to teach me? But here's the problem. We kick and scream through the process so much that we don't stop and figure out and try to figure out, God, what are you doing? Because most of us, if we are honest, we just want out of the process. Come on. Uh, I want out. I don't have time to be asking no question, God. I want out. And God said, no, no, no. And so, so here's what we do. We just kind of go through. We just try to survive. And we never ever, we lose our perspective. We lose our way because we're not in sync with God. Now, watch. How many know that God is sovereign and providentially leading and governing over every detail of your life. The Bible says that every hair on your head is numbered. Pardon me. Every hair on your head is numbered, which is to say God has said, I am intimately aware of everything and every situation that you go through. I, I know what you're going through when you lie down. I know what you're going through when you arrive. I understand. I understand every deep. How many know God has mastered you? <laughs> God knows. He, he understands everything. There is because he's God. He, he's guiding my life. He's in control. And I want you to understand this because in order to understand the process, to really understand the process, you got to know that there's purpose in the process. Oh, is anybody helping me today? There is purpose in the process. But, but here's the thing. We got to learn how to embrace. Embrace the process because how many know that on the end, on the back end of this thing, you're going to come out better than with you when you went in. Oh, somebody not helping me today. You're going to come out better. So watch it. Let me give you a couple of verses just to kind of let you know who's in charge. Are you ready for this? Say amen. Psalm 37.3 says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Mysteriously, I don't even understand it. It's amazing that I can make decisions every day. How many of you think you're making decisions every day? How many of you think you're making decisions? How many of you every now and then think that you're in charge of your life sometimes? Come on, be honest. Come on. 
But the Bible says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. So watch this. So no matter what happened in my life, even in my rebellion, God got a way of pushing me into his will. Because he's sovereign. How many of you have blown it sometimes? How many of you have messed up sometimes? And somehow, someway, God is still at work in your life to lead you and guide you. Philippians chapter 2. Verse number 12 and 13 says, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, that's not saying that you need to figure out a way to get into heaven. What that's saying is that you need to work out what God put in, that you need to grow, that you need to mature. But what? look at verse number 13. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Are you hearing that? So watch this. So God is at work. Look at the name and say, God's at work in you. Say, say, God's at work in you. Tell him again. See, God is at work in you, watch this, to will, hear it, and do of his good pleasure. So what God is doing in your life, watch this, and this is why it's so important to get in sync with God. Because what God is doing in your life and my life, he is working in such a way to fulfill his purpose. How many know that God has a purpose for your life? How many have heard that before? It is true. Jeremiah 29, 11. Y'all know that verse? For I know the thoughts that I think toward you. Good God, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a what? A hope. God was speaking this to, watch this. The, the, the prophet Jeremiah was speaking this to the nation of Israel at that time because they had to endure a process of, of staying in Babylon for 70 years. Oh, come on, somebody. And some of them were saying, some of them were some false prophets that were coming around saying, hey, hey, you ain't going to stay here. God's going to bring you out. And, 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 and the prophet Jeremiah said, no, 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 no. You're going to you're gonna have to endure this process. But while you are enduring this process of seven years, you need to understand God is saying, I still have a plan for your life to prosper you. Everybody say prosper. To give you a future and a hope. That is what God is doing. Proverbs 3, 6. Y'all still getting this? God is in control. Say God is in control. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Here it is. Boy, that's, that, that's a strong verse. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Here it is. And do not lean on your own understanding. I'm sorry, I struggle with that even to this day. Does anybody else struggle with that? Uh, God already said, he says, he says, trust the Lord with all your heart. He said, don't even lean on your own understanding. In other words, do not try to figure it out. Trust me. Trust the process that I'm taking you to to bring you to a new level, someplace that you never ever thought even imaginable. Ah, he says, trust in me with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. Some of you right now, you've been jumping in and out of the process because you don't understand it. The process that got you all mad. The process that got you all frustrated. The process got you mad at people when you don't understand that you're really mad at God. Because he is the one that's pulling the strings in your life. Last I checked. Hey, he is the judge over all the earth, and God has all power. He can do whatever he wants to do. Whenever he gets ready, all he has to do is speak it. And if God ain't speaking, if God ain't changing it, then purpose, stay there. Don't move. 
Stay the course. Stay faithful. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. He, he said, in all your ways, acknowledge him. Just talk to him. Lord, 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 I need you. Lord, guide me. Guide me. Is that, is that your prayer every day? Lord, guide me. Lord, lead me. Oh. Romans 8, 28. Everybody know this verse. And we know that all things, everybody say all things. Now, I want you to, don't go any further. Think about everything in your life. Think about what you're going through. Don't just read that. Don't just hear that verse. Don't just lay eyes on that verse. The Bible says, and we know. In other words, he's talking to believers. Y'all should know. We should know this. We, the people of God. Watch this. He says, and we know, we know. The saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, the saints of God. We know now. The world don't really understand all this. This is why the world trip when they get a little bit of turbulence. You ought not be tripping because there's turbulence in your life. Sit down, strap the seatbelt on with a big old smile and say, go, turbulence, go. I'm staying up on this plane because I know, I know I'm going to get to where I need to go because he's in charge. Are y'all hearing me today? And we know that all things. All things mean what? Y'all are so bright and intelligent. All things work together for good for those who love God. Is there anybody in the house that love God this morning? Come on, can I get an amen? Is there anybody that love God this morning? He said, watch this. All things work together for good for those who love God. Now, if you don't love God now, you got you to you come to him because you're on your own. But for us who love God, he says, all things work together for good for those who love God and those who are called according to what? His purpose. Uh-oh. God, what's your purpose for my life? Oh, God, his purpose. Because if I can get his purpose, I can find good. Oh, come on. There are a lot of people today who are living and existing, and they don't even understand their purpose. There are a lot of Christians who don't fully understand their purpose. Believe it or not. They say, well, I know I'm saved, I'm going to heaven, but they don't know much more than that. How many know that, that we're called according to his purpose? His will, his plan, his design for my life. Every day you got to be seeking that. Every single day of your life you got to be saying, Lord, show me your way. Lord, teach me. I'm committed to doing whatever you want me to do, God, because, Lord God, this is your life. Ah. So what is God's ultimate goal? Let's think about this for a moment. Are y'all still listening? Say amen. amen. So what is the ultimate goal? What's, what's the purpose of the process that we endure? What's, I mean, what is this process thing all about? Because we've already established that God can fast forward us and catapult us into anything that he wants to, to, to do. And he can do it in quick order. Everybody say quick order. Y'all know God can move fast. So what is God's purpose? Now, you've heard me say this verse over and over again. But I want you to ask, I'm going to ask, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord, that you would anoint everybody here right now, right now, Father, to hear this as if it's the first time they've ever laid eyes on this verse. Romans 8, 29. For whom he foreknew. He's talking about you. How many know God foreknew you? He foreknew you. You didn't show up in God's mind when you showed up in your mama's womb. Do y'all understand that? Everybody say destiny. For whom he did foreknew, he predestined means that he predetermined <laughs> to be conformed. 
Everybody say conform. To the image of his son. Now stop right there. Got to, you've got to get this. Because if you don't get this, nothing else will really matter. See, when it says we talked about conforming us to his image, it is about, it's not, it's not talking about looking like him, but being like him. So what God does is he allows you and I to go through a series of events in life because he wants us to look at life and approach life from the same standpoint as Jesus would if he was walking right here on this planet today. How many of you want to be like Jesus? Watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. <laughs> How many of you want to be like Jesus? Yeah, some of you like that. <laughs> Watch. So, so he says, I want to, to be conformed to his image. It is to act like him. It is to think like him. It is to have a world view like him. You following me? So if God's goal is to, listen, God's number one goal, this is going to, this is going to, Upset some folks, but but how many of you want truth? <laughs> I mean, you want truth, I give you truth. Now, you want me just to preach and make you feel good, I know how to do that too. Which one you want? Truth. All right, truth. God's number one agenda for your life, his ultimate goal for your life, watch this, is not to give you a nice career. It might be yours, but it ain't his. God's ultimate goal in life is not to get you a husband or a wife. God's ultimate goal in life is not to give you nice home and a fat P-H-A-T bank account. That's not God's ultimate goal. Now, that is a, oftentimes a byproduct of his grace, but that is not what God's ultimate goal for your life. God's ultimate goal is to make you like Jesus. Get that into your spirit. His ultimate goal, and, and, and you will know it because uh, how many know that God want to transform you Inside out. Understand this, church. If it was just about God, listen to me. If that were true, what some people think, because unfortunately, there are a lot of places, a lot of churches that just kind of let people think that it's all about materialism and they're leading people the wrong way. How many know materialism is just a tool to execute the favor of God and the, and the plan of God in the earth? That's all it is. Because I already own it all. The Bible said the meek shall inherit the what? earth. I already own it. So why are we running around acting like we need to get it? You already own it. Chill out. <laughs> Chill. Watch this now. Because how many know that if that was God's ultimate goal, then he just give that to you. How many know God could give you a fat bank account like that? By the time you go home and there, you can have two, three million dollars in your bank account. I mean, he fed, fed 5,000 people with two fish and five loaves. Come on, somebody. I mean, if God just want, if God was just to give you a nice car, God can hook you up right now because you can have a mansion with 68 rooms in it. He can hook, he owns the cattle on it. Why don't he just do it? Somebody's right now saying, do it, God. <laughs> Some of you right now, you say, do it, God, do it, God. He could. But why don't he? Because that's not his goal. It may be yours. It ain't his. He wants to change you. He wants you. He is preparing you for eternity. He is preparing. See, 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 if you have a view that is capped to the, to the confines of this world, then you're not truly going to be happy. I don't care how much money you make. Do we need any examples? 
Come on, Hollywood is full of examples of rich people who are unhappy. Come on, church. Don't let the devil lie to us. No, God's ultimate goal, he's preparing you for eternity. So what his goal is, God want to change you. He want to change you so that in every situation, it doesn't matter what situation comes your way, that you act just like Jesus. Bible says that when Jesus was ascended into heaven, that, that, that all the, the leaders of that day, when the disciples, when they was, they was pushing the gospel, the question was, they, they looked at the disciples, and the Bible said they took note, and they took note that they had been with Jesus because they were acting just like him. Some of us go in and out of Jesus. We act like Jesus when we want to act like Jesus. And then at other times, we get in the flesh, and then we celebrate it. Man, you almost made me lose it. There ain't nothing to celebrate about. How many know Jesus ain't never lose it? Jesus was always under the control of the Holy Ghost. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So God want to change you. That's his whole purpose of saving you. He want to change you. The reason why this world is messed up today is because it needs to be changed. And the change got to come from here. Are y'all hearing me? Uh, the Bible says in Ephesians uh, 22, 24, hallelujah, that you put off, everybody say put off, concerning your former conduct. How many know you got you to be willing to put it off? Look at the name and say, put it off. <laughs> put, the old man which grows corrupt according to deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man. Everybody say the new man. Which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. There it is. So God wants us to be renewed in the spirit of our minds. How many know that until our mind change, nothing else going to change. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying this morning? God wanted, see, if you don't change your thinking, you're not going to change your actions. You will modify your actions. You will fake it to make it every now and then, and you might look like you're being okay, but eventually, whatever is in the heart, boom, it's going to come up. Because who, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Not what I want you to think, but what you really are is what's going on in the inside. And how many know God knows what's down on the inside? Yeah. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 says this. Watch this. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, or because of his mercies, that you present your bodies. Everybody say your bodies. Your bodies. A living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. In other words, he said, that ain't nothing, that ain't a big deal. That's normal. For some of us, that's a big deal. That's like graduation. That's like getting a, a master's. But it, to God, this is basic Christianity, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world. Here it is. But be what? Transformed by the renewing of your what? Mind, that you may prove that which is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. So, so here's what Paul says. Paul says, first of all, he challenged you. He said, here's what I want you to do. He said, I want you to present your bodies. Okay, Paul, well, how am I going to present my body? A living sacrifice. How am I going to do that? Change my mind. That's why he says, he says first, at first he says, present your body as a living sacrifice. How do you do it? And he says, by the renewing of your what? Mind. God wants your mind to change and to be transformed so that you will be like Jesus. See, if your goal in life is to be like Jesus, you will be okay. Because how many know that's the center of God's will? That's what God wants. Now, here's the confusion. Uh, for example, let me give you, uh, give, you, give you an example. Sometimes 
uh, our prayer life is not what it should be. Let me tell you why sometimes I'm convinced of this, honestly. Sometimes, a lot of times, our prayer life is not as effective because what we are praying and what God is really after is we're miles apart. God is thinking one thing, and you're way over here, and God's like, I ain't even there. I ain't even there. You, you're way, I ain't nowhere. That is not what I'm doing in your life. You're stuck on, and you are mad. You've been slamming your head up against the wall because God ain't moved yet, and God ain't even there. How many know God is about the journey more than he is about the destination? He ain't going to just give you stuff. Oh, he's more about the journey. Give me a volunteer. Somebody volunteer. Quick, 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 quick. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on. Come on, quick. Yeah, come up here. Come on. Don't knock nothing over. Come on. Just, you know. There you go. Look at this, look at this brother. So, now let's just say, for example, so we, so we said that God is more interested in the journey than he is the destination. See, now let's just say that, that this brother has, let's say his heart is beating. You, you okay? Man, you're nervous. You all right? Uh, okay. Uh, if he has a budget, let's just say he makes about $50,000 a year. And let's just say that this brother is terrible with managing his money. He's impulsive, right? I mean, you know, he can't control himself. Every time he, every chance he gets an opportunity, he just spins, spins, spins. He racks up credit card. He's in debt. He's begging because he just got himself in a terrible place. He can't give to God. He can't do anything because he's just been a horrible manager. Now, if I take this same person who's managing $50,000 a year, and I say, hey, brother, I'm going to give you a couple million dollars, how do you think he's going to handle that? Isn't that what happened today to a lot of folk, a lot of NFL players? I'm just saying, right? And we, we sit by, man, if I had a million dollars, if I had two million dollars, man, I'd be, I'd be rich for life. No, you ain't. Because here's the problem. He has to go through the, pro- everybody say process. He has to go through the process of learning how to manage money. So therefore, God ain't going to just jump it on him like that. What God is going to do is God is going to take him through a process so he will learn how to control himself, not to be uh, impulsive, and to spend money within his means. Are you following me? So, so it's not that God don't want to give you a lot. He just want to take you through a process so you know how to handle it when you get it. Come on, somebody say amen. Come on, give Jesus a praise. Good job. That's what it's about. The, it's, about the, it's about the process. It's not about the journey. I'm sorry, it's, it's about the, the journey. It's not about the destination. The, the, the destination, you'll get there. It's about the process. What is God trying to teach me in all of this? Some of us right now, we're really honest. We're wanting God to fast forward some things, and you want to skip all the, all the other stuff. And God is saying, no, no, I got to work this out in your character. You got the character issue right here. And I'm not, I'm, you're not going to move until this thing get fixed. Oh, I'm preaching better than y'all letting on right now. I'm preaching truth right now. You got a character issue. God, yo, you ain't going to move nowhere until you get that thing right. So what is he going to do? How many know God is a businessman? <laughs> Some of you don't like that. Come on, come on. That's what God does. How many know God, God requires good stewardship? He requ- are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? See, we brought into the lie that God exists solely. Here's a lie. We brought into the lie, man, God exists, man, you know, to make me happy. Can I say something that is the biggest lie? Let me tell you something. 
you'll be most happy in life when you are totally satisfied and fulfilled in him. <laughs> y'all, y'all don't want to hear this this morning. See, hear this. Hear this. When what makes Jesus happy makes you happy, you'll be happy. See, when you get to a point, see, you're going to find that you're going to be happy and satisfied in life when you're just, when you're happy with what makes Jesus happy. If it makes Jesus happy, if it makes God happy, I'm good, God. I'm happy. But here, a lot of times, how many know that we're on opposite ends of the spectrum? What God wants and what we want, two different things. So our happiness is not where it should be because we don't want what God is trying to do in our lives. Are y'all hearing me this morning? We don't want it, church, sometimes. We don't want what God is doing. But let me tell you something. You'll find true happiness. That's why Jesus says, if any man come to me, deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. That's why he said it. He said, when you discover that, 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 the, joy, the joy of loving me, you'll find happiness. That's the key. Everything else, any preacher tell you anything else, all they're trying to do is get you pumped up. I am not going to pump you up this morning the wrong way. I'm going to pump you up the right way. The truth shall set you free. Everybody say truth. truth. All right, so now we got to come there. we got to finish this. Okay. So what is the intention of the process? What's the, what's the intention of the process? And Deuteronomy chapter number 8. Here it is right here. Here's the whole point of this story. Here's, here's where I'm coming. In Deuteronomy chapter number 8, here, the whole book of Deuteronomy is a book about remembering. If you ever studied Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy is basically Moses uh, basically telling the people all the stuff they went through. Because, you see, here's what happened. Israel had just come out of this, this long 40 years of wandering around in the wilderness, and they went through a process, I mean, of hurt, of pain, of rejection, and they had some defeats in their life. Have anybody know what I'm talking about? This is where Israel was. They went through all of that. But, but Moses, right before now, they're on the cusp. They're, watch this, church. They're on, the, they're on the verge of going into their inheritance. But Moses don't just let them walk into their inheritance. He said, hold on, I want you to stop, stop, stop. He said, stop, one moment. We need to talk about everything that just that happened in your life all that time. He said, Moses was saying, all those years of pain, all those years of crying, all those years of sweating, all that stuff was to prepare you for your inheritance. The, it was the, the pro, everybody say, the process. So what was, now I'm going to do this real quick in less than seven minutes. The process, the process. What was the intention of the process? Number one, the process is meant to teach us obedience. Everybody say obedience. Everybody say obedience. Come on. Stay with it. Don't, 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 don't go nowhere yet. Hold on. Every commandment, he said in verse 1, which I command you today, you must be careful to observe and that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land. How many know that some of the things that we've gone through was self-inflicted? <laughs> how many know that we got some of us, how many, is anybody in the room got some self-inflicted wounds? Hey, the devil ain't did it. You did it. Come on. So part of the process that God takes us through is he wants us to be obedient. So he teaches us that no matter what we're going through in life, that we need to obey. Number two, part of the process, the, the reason for the process is that it is a test. The process is a test. Now, test means to prove or qualify. To know what, in, in verse, look at verse number two. It says, and you shall remember the Lord your God who led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness. 
Boy, that seems that's something, ain't it? To humble you and to test you to know what was in your heart. Can I can I ask y'all a question? Do y'all think God didn't really that God really didn't know what was in their heart? Did anybody believe that God didn't know what was inside of their heart? How many knew God already knew what was in their heart? Am I right about a church? Whether you would keep his commandment or not. God already, he already knew that we're going to keep his commandment. He already knew it. But it was so that they could see themselves. See, how many of you know sometimes we have a higher view of ourselves than we are? We think sometimes we're at a certain place that we're not. And the only way we're going to find out is God got to take us, take us through a process where he show you yourself. Has there been anybody who ever saw yourself really got a revelation of yourself and it smacked you right upside the head and you went, oh, my God, that me? Is that me? Every now and then you ought to ask somebody, tell me a little bit about me. Now, make sure you pray it up before you ask somebody that question. And don't come ask me because I'm going to tell you the truth. See, the, the process is a test. Everybody say a test. It's because you need to know where you are. Because how many know you will never grow and get to the next level until you have a real revelation of who you are? Number three, the process reminds us that God is our provision. How many know that God is your provision? Number three, look at verse number three. So watch this. It says, so he humbled you and allowed you to hunger. Did anybody think that's cruel? Uh, you know, that might, that, that might signal a call that maybe we should call CPS on God. I mean, he allowed. I mean, you know, it's like going to tell the CPS, but I'm hungry. My mom, well, you got to, mom, why you didn't give him food? I just want him to go hungry. How many know CPS might be trying to lock you up? So he humbled you and allowed you to hunger, and he fed you with manner. How many know that sometimes God will allow you to cry? Sometimes God will allow you to face rejection. Sometimes God will allow you to go to pain. Sometimes he'll do that, and, so, and none of us like it. But, but why is he doing it? Because it's part of the process. Why he wanted to remind them in this particular instance that man do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from God. So how many know that we got to go through a process because naturally we don't always, I mean, come on, we, we get up every day, we put our own pants on, right? We go to work, we punch the time clock ourselves. But what God is trying to teach us is that he is your provision. See, you'll know you're free, you'll know you got it when the preacher or somebody asks you to give and you don't get mad about it. If you're still mad about somebody asking you to give, you ain't got it yet. Because giving should be something that you love. It's part of who we are. Because God is my provider anyway. Come on, church. If God is my provider, he's going to take care of me. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? See, the process, the process teaches us that God has something good in store. Look at verse number 7 and 8. Come on, we're almost done. Verse 7 and 8. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks and water, fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills. I mean, you know... That, that what God is taking you is ultimately going to be good. you got to keep telling yourself, this is a faith walk. This is a faith walk. God, God, God got something good in store for me. Right now, it don't look good. Everybody looking at it right now, you're looking at it, you're saying, oh, ain't no good coming out of this. But, but, but you got to keep yourself, just keep thinking that all the while that God is doing this and taking you through this process is, is that he got something good for you on the other end. Does anybody want the goodness of the Lord? Number five, 
it, the process helps us to remember. <laughs> the process helps us to remember. Verse number 11 and 14, verses 11 through 14 uh, in, in, in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 8, says, Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by, by not keeping his commandment, his judgment, and his statute uh, I command you today, lest when you have eaten and are full, mm-hmm, and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them. Come on. And when your herds and your flocks multiply, and your silver and your gold are multiplied, and that all that you have is multiplied, when your heart is lifted up, you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of bondage. How many know that success has a way of helping you develop amnesia? I've seen people say, man, I can't come to church because i got to take care of this beautiful house, this beautiful car God done brought me. I mean, we, we, we should be worshiping and praising God, but we, you know, we, we, we got the blessing. You know, I got to take care of God want me. And, and, and here's the thing, church. I'm just being honest. We all are prone to forget. You, you think, how I many know God bless you not to push you away, but to draw you nearer? The more God bless you, the more you should get, clo- the closer you should get to him. Amen. Are y'all hearing me? The more, he, the more blessing God bring in your life, the more I should see your face in the place. The more, why? Because it's a testimony that God did it, that he blessed me. I don't want to forget. Because how I many know we, can, we, are, we will forget? The whole book of Deuteronomy was written because God Wanted them to remember. How many know God wants you to remember? Part of the process is to teach you to that you don't forget when you get blessed. Because that is the way of God saying, I'm going to bless you. And God's intention is to bless you. But he don't want you to forget. We are all human and we'll forget in a heartbeat. That's why you need to keep coming to church. You get, you get reminders. Everybody say reminders. <laughs> I only got two left. The process reminds us that our wealth comes from God. In, in, in verse number 17. No, verse number 18. And you shall remember that the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. How many know that everything you got, it ain't yours? Look at your neighbor in the face. Tell him. Look at him. Look at him. Say everything you got. Look at him. Tell him. Say everything you got. Tell him. Tell the person beside you. It ain't yours. For God gave you power to get everything you got. Everything. Everything. Well, Pastor, you don't understand. I went to school for this. Who gave you that brain? Who gave you breath? Who, who kept you alive so that you can go? Come on, if you believe that, come on, give God a hand praise that he owns it all. Come on. Don't be, let's not, hey, let's not, let's not get it twisted. He owns it all. Lastly, the process prepares us to prosper and be fruitful. Look at verse number, this is, this is it. Verse number eight, I'm done. Every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply. Look at this. And go in and possess. Everybody say possess. The land which the Lord swore to your fathers. Here's what God is trying to do. God is saying, I want to bless you, and I'm I'm taking you someplace, but in order for you to really get to the place and really thrive and really enjoy it, you got to go through this process. Now, when you go through this process that I'm teaching you, if you stay faithful and endure, when you get into the place that God has for you, whatever that is, you you will be fruitful and you will be multiplied. Because how many know, just like the analogy I gave earlier, if I drop $2 million and you ain't ready for it, how many know that that which is meant to be a blessing can become a curse? Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
because if you ain't really ready for it. So God did not. He said, I'm not going to just put you in the land of promise. He told the children of Israel. He said, I'm not going to just drop you there. He said, he said, no, because if I do that too quick, the land is going to vomit you out. It's meant to be a blessing, but you ain't going to be blessed until you learn how to thrive in the land and really enjoy the blessing. God is setting you up for permanent success. Permanent success. So here's my word to you. Endure the process. Love the process. You don't have to understand it, but while you're going through the process, the Lord is teaching you. Be a student. Get your pen and pencil out and write and, sit and journal. God, God, this is what happened today. I don't understand it, but I trust you because one day you're going to look back over it and you're going to look over it and you're going to look at that thing, you're gonna, but you're going to look at it this time from a place of blessing. You're going to look over it back and say, man, this is what God was doing all the while. Stay faithful. Embrace the process. God is taking you someplace. Come on, you received that. Give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Father, in Jesus' name, God, we anticipate a great year next year because, God, there have been some things that we've gone through, Lord, and, and Lord, we thank you that nothing is in vain. 